you're here. Listen, lover, there's so much power in learning to see ourselves clearly. So on this podcast, let's try. We're going to laugh together, possibly cry together, eh, eh, and we'll talk about why it's hard to feel our inherent wholeness, why it can be hard to feel awesome, and what to do about it. And good news, we're going to be aggressively compassionate to ourselves and others as we do it. Let's go. (laughs) I'm just making all my own theme music today. This is episode 184, and I hope you come back for more. I've titled this episode, If It's Not Working, What's the Point? You're going to love this. Okay, this episode is brought to you by me. <laughs> and my let me serve you survey. So I have been really, I'm going to talk about it in this episode, but I have been looking for, is this it? Is this it? Is this the thing? And I just kept landing on, I should do a survey. I should do a survey. Then I kept being like, that's nothing. Anyway, right now, the big thing I have going on in my life is this survey. <laughs> I've decided it's not nothing because I really want to hear from you. I would appreciate it so much if you take this survey. It's less than five minutes. I'm basically just throwing out some ideas, topics, asking you about some like conference event attending habits. And you can be entered to win over $400 in prizes, $100 Amazon gift card, $100 to Tubby Todd, $100 to uh, Better Body Love, really cute clothing. And if you want, you can have a power hour with me. (laughs) There's a link in the show notes for that. Or you can go to my social media. There'll be a link there. I'm going to try to put links everywhere. And I really hope you can take that survey. I'm going to appreciate it forever. Thank you. Okay, so I have had some really fantastic power hours lately. And my power hours, I've been thinking about this idea. I have a hard time using the word coaching, calling myself a life coach or sign up for my hour coaching. And I I don't know, it's a loaded word. Language is funny. But I've been thinking a lot about the word mentorship, And how what I really hope to do, not that coaching is wrong or bad, and that is what I do. I give pep talks. I pump people up. But why I like the word mentorship is not because, yes, now that I'm 40, I do consider myself a wise sage, but not just because of that, but because when I have these conversations with you, when I have conversations with people I always can see some of myself. I can always see, oh my gosh, this is, I felt this way with this, or I'm struggling with that same thing right now. And my friend Erica, who I have known for years, has been a supporter of me and my events for years. She's flown across, she lives in Atlanta, she's flown across the country. I love her so much. I had a power hour 
with her this week. And I knew when I saw her name on my schedule, I was like, oh, crap. When it is time to talk to Erica, it is time to talk to Allison. (laughs) I'm like, whatever I tell her, I need to believe for myself. And I really challenged myself to do that because I've had other conversations with Erica and I just knew that what I was telling her I needed to be able to believe for myself. And I was so mad that I had set that challenge because as I got into it with Erica, I was telling her how even though this doesn't seem to be working out or even though we're not getting the direction on the next step right now, we are still doing it. There is still meaning. There is still a point. Just because it happened yet, hasn't happened yet, doesn't mean it can't happen. And another idea I've been really challenging myself to focus on is that good things can happen unexpectedly. And that's a really hard one for me. So what Eric and I were, Erica and I were commiserating over is that we feel like we're ready to take a step. We feel like we're ready to take action. We're putting ideas out there. However, there just doesn't seem to be that traction. There doesn't seem to be that here. Okay, I got a little grip with this step. Here's the next step. And because Eric and I have been working together, talking for years, I know she knows things like we're both interested in peaceful flow, effortless action, aligned action, rather than frantic action. So here's the difference. And here's the challenge. And back to the title of this episode, if it's not working, what's the point? So often when it feels like the steps we are taking to reach a result that we would like, when we are taking those steps, if they are not, uh, for me, it's usually immediately, but some of you are more patient than me. (laughs) And if it's not readily giving us the result that we believe it should, we're like, what's the point? It's not working. Uh, We might blame the outside system. We might blame our internal system. Maybe we're going to blame both. Or maybe we're just going to feel hopeless and give up. And Erica and I were really commiserating (laughs) together that we are ready. We are willing. We will do the work. We will sweat. We will show up. We know how to work hard. And we keep taking a step forward only to feel like I'm just like, it's not even like I'm hitting a wall. It's like I'm just falling off a cliff. And then I have to rally myself back up again. And I have felt this way ever since coming back from my break, launching the book and being like, okay, the book is out there. Now let's do this. And I've done quite a few things and I've enjoyed doing them, but it can be really discouraging when you start to feel like there's just no point, right? There's no point. It's it's not going to ever yield what you want. And I have been picking myself up by my bootstraps. And the day before I talked to Erica, I hit, so that was Monday of this week, I hit a real low. I got through the day, I did my meetings, I worked out, I was mom to kids. And then by about four o'clock, I just crashed. And I just, I started crying. And I hadn't cried like that in a while. And I just felt so hopeless. And I felt so inadequate and just 
over it and overwhelmed and underwhelmed with myself and mad at God and mad at the universe and frustrated and mad at myself for being frustrated. And I was crying to Eric later and I was like, I used to be pretty and people used to like me as the only reason anybody ever did anything. Now I'm not pretty and nobody likes me. (laughs) I'm not proud to share this. And P.S. by the way, I didn't think I was pretty like back whenever. It's like you're looking back and you're like, oh, I was so young and beautiful and naive. (laughs) It was very melodramatic, but also very sincere. And I just, you start looking at the things that you feel bad about, which for me is feeling like I don't have the traction or the attention or the momentum or the impact that I had before that I want back that I should have or could have. And I also feel flumpy and schlumpy and frustrated that I spent so long getting in shape and being in shape. And then I got sick and I am crawling my way back to being able to dance for 30 seconds and not be out of breath. And it it can just be really discouraging and really frustrating, right? So as I was talking to Erica, I just really understood where we were both coming from. And One thing, one thought I had in the dark sadness was this is why dreams die and this is why people stop dreaming and this is why people stop having big goals and this is why people stop believing that those secret yearnings, those secret desires of your heart, you should give them up because it's so painful to hold on to them and feel like it can never happen. Now, let's go ahead and apply this to wherever you are at in life. I was texting a friend last night who just lost their dad, and they lost their mom not—they lost their mom like three years ago, and they just lost their dad. And they were just saying, oh, I'm sorry I'm complaining. It's just—and I'm like, no, complaining is an order. Let's complain. Let's break stuff. You're a freaking orphan. Let's get real mad about this, right? But I just, my heart was breaking as I was texting them because when I was crying the other day, I remembered what it was like to cry with that grief and pain for a year. And that's where I was when I was sick, when I was healing, when I was trying to pull my body and brain back together in 2021 and the beginning, probably most of 2022 even, right? And a couple of thoughts came to me after I'd stopped crying the majority. And I thought, wow, I was in that much pain and grief and sorrow most of the day, every day for over a year. And I never thought that when you're in that, it never feels like it's going to lighten or lift. It never feels like it's going to get better. And it gets better so gradually that it's almost hard to recognize. And so in that moment, when you start to think, this is why you should let go of your dreams. This is why you give up. It will never get better. 
try to find a time in your life when something you thought would never get better or the pain would never ease has. So I have a few examples. I have, I have so many examples of that for me. Uh, this past December marked six years since I was hit by a car while running. You guys, it took six years. If And it's still not nothing in my psyche, in my body. For the first five years after being hit, whenever there was snow on the ground and the season of the anniversary of breaking the ribs and all of that trauma, it would just start to like unconsciously shut down things in me. And I noticed after three or four years, it was a little bit better. And this was one of the first years I was able to do some of my regular Christmas routines that I just, I couldn't bring myself to do until now. It took probably three, almost four years before I didn't have daily physical pain from that accident. And I started to believe that I was just going to have to live with that pain for the rest of my life. Last March, so almost a year ago, right when I was feeling like, okay, I'm able to start exercising and, and getting back into my physical body, my knee went out and it was, it's not, I still wear a brace. It's been almost a year. But I do remember at the time thinking there's no solution for this. Now I can't get stronger or exercise, which is the thing that will help my knee because my knee is out. And those are just small examples. They're big and they're physical examples. But there's a lot of um, emotional, spiritual, mental examples as well. And while I cannot pretend to know the agony that my sweet friend is going through right now, and I also do not have the same external circumstances as my friend Erica, right? We want steps and results in different ways. We can come together and know what it's like to feel like that pain is not going to lessen and it's not going to lift. And I said to my sweet friend who lost their parents, tantrums are in order. Let's get mad and let's just do it one day at a time. And that's what I have been telling myself. So when we start to feel like, what's the point of dreams? What's the point of these goals? I'm taking action and it's not working I am coming back to that good old Alcoholics Anonymous one day at a time. And Erica said something so beautiful. And I wanted to share it with you. I told her, I was like, I was thinking, this is how dreams die. And then I don't want to live without big dreams. I don't want to live without believing crazy, fun, insane things can happen. I don't want to live not believing that things can improve and get better. I've tried it. It sucks. And you know what? I have evidence to the contrary. And so I just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I would rather be delusional. And I started laughing. I was like, I overheard a friend telling a friend a story and there was a a married couple in their like 60s and the woman had an affair and why they were making a comment is she had an affair with a man who was like 20 years older than her. This man was in his 80s. And I don't know why I even brought this up, but I was like, it's never too late to, not that you should have an affair, but I was like, they're still going for it. And Erica was like, yeah, you got to keep living. 
Ugh, and I just loved that. So if it's not working, what's the point? The point is that this is life and something that has drastically. So let's get into some applications. So I want you to think of a time, in, a time, a place, an emotion, a relationship, a situation, finances, work, your body, whatever it is that you're thinking, it's not working. So what's the point? Or it hasn't happened yet. So it's never going to happen. Or it's too late for me. Whatever dream, whatever thought, whatever hope that is feeling too painful or too hard to hold on to, right? So let's identify that. Let's take a little, <sighs> come into our bodies. Hey, body, you're still here. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Let's identify it. And just like I said to my sweet friend, tantrums are in order recognizing that it's not where you want it, that it feels like it's not working out, that it feels like it's never going to come together. Yeah, that sucks. Some grief is owed. Some grief is due. And shaming yourself for having those feelings is only going to keep you from being able to process them and get through them. And now I want to share with you the shift that has really changed how I approach everything. And then three practices. So this is that mentorship versus coaching idea, like (laughs) a mentor as in I'm currently actively employing these tactics for myself. They are helping and bringing me more into the person that I truly want to be. So I'm going to offer them to you and you can then apply them with your personal brand of magic and what is going to work best for you. So the shift is this. If it's not working, what's the point? Now, that presupposes that the point is for it to work and for results to be achieved. However, I have decided the point is full expansion into myself, living in to my full potential, my divine measure, my expansive reality, being myself, who I was meant to be, all of who I am in the most love-filled, compassionate, joyful, peaceful, true, pain-sealed, joy-filled way sealed by pain, suffering, sorrow that has broken my heart open, expanded, and let more love and true connection in. That's what I actually freaking want. Because guess what? I've got all the results, the naughty body, the million dollars, the book deal that I worked my cute little buoyant, hopefully buoyant one day again, but off for, okay? And it was great, and I am grateful, and I am privileged, spoiled, yes. However, because you've achieved the things, you've gotten things, you've met the goals, how much did it change? What lasting peace did you gain? None if the peace was dependent on 
keeping that achievement or result or outcome exactly the way it is. The marriage that ends, the child that isn't doing whatever, the child that isn't there, right? The relationship that isn't there that you once had. When we focus on the result being the only thing that matters, the result being the point, misery is the result. We also get a lot done. We, <laughs> But that peace, that joy. And so as I have shifted, this is for expansion. This is for potential. This is to live into the expansive nature. So that flower, I'm the tulip and I am every single aspect of the bulb. I planted some tulips and some irises and snowing right now. And these were bulbs my sister-in-law gave me. She kept them in a baby pool for me (laughs) till it was time to plant them in the fall because you plant tulips and those bulb flowers before the ground freezes. And you do that because the freezing process is part of their growth cycle. <laughs> and so it's snowing and it's cold and I keep looking out and going, ooh, I hope this is good for my tulips. Ooh, I hope this is exactly what my tulips needed. While not actually thinking that maybe the frozen momentum is what it feels like for me is actually part of my growth cycle. And so that shift from achievement to potential Achievement to living into possibility. Achievement to living in potentiality, as Deepak Chopra would say. Here are three things that I have been doing to help me with living into that and not losing my freaking mind when it feels like I just don't know what the next step is or things aren't working. I have been trying to create white space. What that looks like for me is not having my books on quite so much. (laughs) Listening to my books definitely is a numbing, soothing situation. It's also mind expansion. It's also fun. However, a little more white space allows me to have connection and open channels so it's if I don't turn off the that radio station of listening to books listening doing talking whatever it is if I don't turn that station off then I know in my experience that I don't have as many inspired thoughts so I was driving home from the gym this morning and these three ideas came to me as I was listening to music because I had challenged myself to turn off my book just on the drive home no big deal I'm still gonna listen to it there's no shame involved I'm just creating a little more white space so what is maybe one thing you can do to create a little more white space so that when those thoughts and inspiration and next steps or peaceful, calming thoughts come, you're actually there to hear and receive them. The second thing I keep telling myself is creation is momentum. Creation is momentum. Creation is momentum. And so While I feel like there is not necessarily momentum in some areas, 
I am having so much fun with my art and creating right now. I've started making what I'm calling major awards, (laughs) like from the Christmas story, for Valentine's. And they're like these little felt brooches that I'm making. One says very functioning human. One says use a delicious morsel. 40 and thriving. I'm calling these major awards. I think I'm going to make a little download for it too. So stay tuned. And while I can start just feeling, and and this is what Eric and I talked about. I was like, what sounds fun to you? And she sheepishly said this thing that seemed dumb to her. And I was like, I get it because I will be sitting there sewing beads onto things and I'll be like, what am I doing? Why am I sewing beads on things? I need to be working. I need to put a newsletter out. I should go record my podcast, blah, blah, blah. However, I'm having so much joy when I just allow myself that creation and any type of creation is momentum. And This thing that my dad said to me, he said it in a podcast. He's in one of the first podcast episodes, Craig, good old Craigers. The opportunities that you will get right now are a a direct result of whatever you're doing. And I love that thought so much. And I think that's one of the reasons my dad has truly been so successful because whatever it is you're doing right now, that's what's going to lead to opportunities. So if, if it feels like there's no momentum or opportunities or things aren't working, right? So let's say, let's apply this emotionally because it's, it's easy to apply like I'm physically doing these um, crafts and art projects, allowing this creative momentum to spawn through me. And maybe in the future, opportunities will arise where, oh, I would love to, truly, I'm hoping that people will really like these major award brooches because I think it would be fun to do a craft night of them. And how will people know that this is a fun project they would want to do unless I do it? So I can see how it relates there. But when you're like in grief or sadness, you're like, okay, what what am I doing that's going to create an opportunity? Journaling, crying acknowledging your pain, spending time with a friend, holding on for one more day, those are going to create the opportunities. And so remembering that creation is momentum. However, we're not looking for that frantic action. And that's why I love this word creation rather than action, whereas action is let's do something productive. Rather than let's just create because creation, oh, that's what it is, is action is more of that achievement results oriented word and creation is more of that momentum word. And damn it, this is the thing is I keep saying, I know I have to talk and share ideas in order to get this momentum because I am a verbal processor and I process these ideas as I speak them out to you. And that's what will be the thing. Okay, so like I said, I'm doing this with you. (laughs) create white space creation is momentum and as I was driving home this morning the third thing that came to me when it comes to if it's not working what's the point and being able to shift from this achievement focus to expansion focus is your problems are your pathway to peace (sighs) and 
I'm reading a great book. It's called At One Mint by Thomas McConkie. He's been on the podcast as well. And he gave this exercise of thinking about attributes. And so I've really been taking this to heart. What attributes do I want more of in myself? And nothing really readily came to mind. (laughs) And last night as I was falling asleep, I prayed and thought on it again. And the dumbest one came to me. I'm so mad about it. (laughs) I don't even want to say it out loud because then people are going to bring it up to me. Patience. (laughs) I can't even say the word. (laughs) Patience. I thought I really respect people who are patient. I really respect people who are long-suffering If maybe there's an attribute that I could possibly benefit from cultivating more of in my life, it could possibly be patience. (laughs) I don't want to say it out loud because then I feel like I'm going to be jinxed with trials. However, I'm letting that go because patience is what's being asked of me currently. There's not a future problem that needs to happen for me to cultivate patience. Patience, my problem, is my pathway to peace. So looking at that, like Ryan Holiday, the obstacle is the way, right? Looking at it that way, what attribute is this thing that's not coming together or happening or that grief, that pain, that suffering, what attribute is it yielding in you? And how can you be conscious of that? My friends, I love you. I'm so grateful for those of you who hang in with me, who realize I'm just a a messy girl in a messy world, (laughs) truly trying to share love and live into the full purpose and expansion of who I am without it being about what that looks like on the outside (laughs) and more about what that feels like on the inside. And I do want you to know, I stand by the years of podcast. I stand by the principles that I teach. I stand by my book. I'm so proud of You're Already Awesome. I'm so proud of these messages. They're not all perfect. They're not all flawless but they have brought me greater peace. They have brought me greater fulfillment and they have made me into a woman I'm very proud to be. And I hope that for you, I got a very, yeah, I'm crying. I got a very sweet podcast review and we hadn't had any new podcast reviews (laughs) and we still only have had two, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, This is from Maddie. I'm going to read this. And Maddie, if you will send an email to heygirlattheallisonshow.com, I would love to send you uh, a course. It's called, what's it called? I can't remember, but it's really good. (laughs) I really can't remember right now. Uh, Okay. But this is the review, Maddie. This means so much. She said, Allison, and also... I was laughing because I read this review knowing what topic I was about to speak on. And yeah, Allison, sometimes we wonder if the work we do in this world matters. And I know it to be true that if we impact even one life, our work was enough. And you've impacted mine, if nothing else. 
I was in residential treatment for anorexia last year, a scary and tiring place, and I listened to your podcast and read your book throughout my time there. Both were vital in keeping me afloat and hopeful. Thank you for all you do. It has blessed me forever. Maddie, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being brave and getting help and taking care of yourself because I know how hard that is. (laughs) Good job, my love. Thank you for that review. I'm just really grateful. I'm really happy that you're here. I'm really happy to do this work. And I want to put the little bug in your ear one more time about the survey. One of the reasons I created the survey is because I kept looking at my human design, which I can be very snotty about like personality things sometimes because I'm like, I don't know, give it time to see if it's a... <laughs> I don't know, I'm a snot. But I really like the My Human Design. If you haven't heard of it, it's like an app you can get. It's You do like a birth chart. And I'm a generator. And one of the ways I like to create, or it says the main way I like to create is responding. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense why I want to do a survey because I want to respond to the survey. So I would, with fun events and offerings and things, I would love for you to take that. Again, the link in the show notes, in my social media bios, and probably in your email if you're subscribed to the newsletter. I want to remind you that only you can be you. You are already as awesome as you need to be. And I'm going to trust that my beautiful, sexy, talented of a husband, Mr. Eric Robertson, is going to give us a good song to go out on. I love you guys.
devil part of 